You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, you may find the content of this podcast difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. You should also be aware the information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Hello and welcome to the First Tech Podcast for July. And in this edition, we're looking at the question of the month. My name is Craig Day, head of the First Tech team, and joining me today is Linda Bruce, one of my senior technical services managers. Hello, hey, Linda. Hey, Craig. How are I'm you? I'm really well. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Anything exciting going on? Well, uh, looking forward to go back to the office more often. Do you believe me? No, really? No, not really. <laughs> no, not at all, actually. But anyway, look, you know, we could sit here and nick-net all day, but um, people are here to listen to something interesting, so we better get on to something interesting. Um, now, question of the month. So this is the podcast when we go back and look at the questions that we got over the last four weeks, look at some themes um, and be able to dig out what's going on there so advisors listening to this might be sitting there going, oh, well, that's interesting. I should find out a little bit more about that. So, um, Linda, in July, interestingly, you know, you kind of think about June, we get lots of questions on contributions. But in July, we were also getting a lot of calls about contributions. Now, there could be a range of reasons for that, you know, the new work test changes coming in, etc. But in fact, we were getting a lot of calls in relation to people or advisors that had clients with uh, a total super balance or total money in superannuation above $1.7 million on 30 June. So obviously in this case, they're looking at their contribution strategies for the year ahead. Um, and they're calling us and saying, well, can my clients still make concessional contributions? They know they can't make non-concessionals because you know, the non-concessional cap for that client will be zero in this year because they're on uh, 1.7 million or higher on 30 June. But what the question is, can they still make any concessional contributions, particularly personal deductible contributions, if their total super balance is $1.7 million uh, on 30 June or above? So what's the answer? Short answer, yes. It is quite possible to make or receive a concessional contributions. Uh, obviously, um, clients in that uh, category, their total super balance was already over $500,000 as at 30th June 2022, which was just like a little over two weeks ago. So it's not possible for the client to use the carry forward unused concessional contribution amount. However, the standard concessional contribution cap that is a 27,500 in this financial year uh, is still available uh, to client in this category. And the interesting thing about that is um, just because you, your total super balance is over $500,000, that means you can't utilize any unused cap amounts that you've carried forward from previous years. But what a lot of people don't realize is that your unused cap amount for this year will continue to accrue. So if you've only got, let's say, SG and personal deductible contributions totaling, let's say, $17,500, you would have unused cap space for this year of $10,000. And just because your total super balance is over $500,000 doesn't mean you don't get to accrue that and carry it forward, which may come in handy if in future, you know, total super balance starts to decline with potentially 
negative investment returns or you've started to draw benefits out of superannuation, something along that along those lines. Now, you also said there, you mentioned it's possible though. What did you mean by that? Are there any situations the standard concessional caps are not available? Uh, there are situations like that. Uh, let's have a look at the employer contributions first. So employer contributions are one type of concessional contributions that advisors are dealing with all the time. So to receive the employer contributions exceeding the mandated super guarantee contributions, we still needed to worry about that upper age limit, which is 28 days after the end of the month, the client turned 75. Five. Uh, beyond that point, uh, except for the mandated super guarantee contributions or some contributions and the particular industry awards, those mandated ones, any voluntary contributions like salary sacrifice contributions uh, can no longer be made by the employer on behalf of the employee. So think about it. If the client uh, beyond that upper age limit um, space, um, if they only receive a super guarantee contributions, uh, it is um, for many at least it is unlikely for them to use up the whole entire twenty-seven thousand five hundred cap. Right. So the interesting thing there is, you know, if if uh, an employee's salary is sacrificing. Um, and advisors go, well, how will the, the fund know that that amount is a salary sacrifice that's over and above SG, which is mandated? So therefore, if the client is still working after age 75, um, how, the, how will they know it's, a, uh, it's an SG, sorry, a, a salary sacrifice contribution and therefore can't be accepted? I believe it's the uh, payroll system, right? The single target payroll, yeah. the employer will have to yeah. report or- it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, single touch payroll, all of that sort of stuff comes through and actually these days tells a fund if that's SG or if it's salary sacrifice. So if uh, if we, you know, employers trying to send a salary sacrifice after the age of 75 or 28 days after the end of the month that they turn so can't they just change that rule <laughs> to 75? Totally Make it so much easier for us. Uh, um, if they're trying to salary sacrifice after that 28-day cutoff, then the, the trustee's not going to be able to accept the contribution and we're going to kick it back. Um, so that's employer contributions. How about personal deductible contributions? Yeah, so to make a contribution to a super fund, um, a personal deductible contribution against the common uh, misconception, if I can say that, uh, a personal deductible contribution is not really one type of a contribution you can just simply make to a super fund. Let's break it into uh, a few steps. Just start with uh, how to make a personal deductible contribution. First thing first, the client will have to make a personal contribution to the super fund first. The super fund accept a contribution that is a personal contribution. And then we might say, hang on for a second. The client's total super balance is over $1.7 million. Can't the super fund reject the contribution? Actually, no, they cannot. It doesn't matter. It's not the fund responsibility to reject anything. They can still receive a personal contribution. But to make this contribution deductible, it can be very tricky. It is subject is subject to many, many things. It's subject to lodging a valid notice of intent. 
And if the client, when making the contribution, uh, is above age 67 and age 75, then the client needs to declare to the ATO in due course they haven't met the work test during the financial year. And the client must have a sufficient taxable income to be able to claim that amount, that contribution as a deduction. And if failing any of those conditions, the personal contributions made to super may not be claimed as a deduction, and therefore it cannot be a personal deductible contribution. Right. So the, the, the way I kind of think about all of that is that these days you've got contributions for two purposes. You've got contributions for superannuation purposes, and that's just simply divided into personal contributions and employer contributions, very basically. Uh, and then you've got, okay, well, what sort of tax status is that contribution? Is that a non-concessional contribution or is it a concessional contribution? A concessional contribution will always be an employer contribution including salary sacrifice, as well as a contribution, a personal contribution that a person claims a tax deduction for, right? So in this situation, you know, even if the client's total super balance is over 1.7 million, the super fund is just accepting a personal contribution, right? So then if from a tax perspective, then in, unless we claim a tax deduction for that, that's going to be a non-concessional contribution. Um, but if we do claim a tax deduction for it, then it becomes a concessional contribution. And what you're telling me there is I've got to worry about all those different rules that we've been through a hundred yep. times about getting your deduction notices in on time and making sure that they're still valid. If you've got any questions on any of those, go, go and see the First Tech site, have a look at the podcast. We've got about 20 of them on that particular issue because it's a common issue that people get wrong, right? So, so yeah, so just to reiterate, you know, if we're making a contribution, it's we can still make the personal contribution when we're over $1.7 million, but obviously we need to make sure we can, you know, we're not putting too much in that we can't claim a tax, tax deduction for it all based on our income and the caps and all that sort of mm. stuff. Um, but, yeah, so now we talked about claiming it as a deduction in a tax return. What does it mean if it cannot be claimed? as a deduction in our tax return. What happens then? What happens then, as you mentioned, Craig, as you mentioned earlier, if it cannot be claimed as a tax deduction, it's not a personal deductible contribution and no concession has been applied to that contribution, what is it? It's a non-concessional contribution. Of course, the client's total super balance exceeded 1.7 million at a prior 30th June. So their non-concessional contribution cap is actually zero in the current year. In that situation, the client will indeed breach their non-concessional contribution cap and the advisors and the client in due course will have to deal with the excess non-concessional contributions determination letter from the ATO. So just have to be really careful about it. Okay, so to summarize everything, even if a client has more than 1.7 million in super and pension, so their total super balance is over 1.7, it's still possible for a client to make or receive concessional contributions. However, for a personal contribution to be deductible, there are things that we've got to be very careful about, okay? Um, for example, the work test, if I'm between 67 and 75, I 28 days after the end of the month in which I turn 75, uh, the valid notice of intent and sufficient taxable income. So remember there, 
you can't put yourself into a tax loss position by claiming a tax deduction for a personal contribution. You probably don't want to go anywhere near there anyway. You only ever want to kind of claim a tax deduction down to your effective tax rate threshold because otherwise you'd be paying contributions tax when you wouldn't otherwise be paying any tax on that income at all because of the tax rate threshold. Absolutely. So always remember that. Um, and the personal contribution may not be a deductible contribution and the non-concessional contributions uh, may be exceeded if you get all of that wrong. Is that right? Absolutely, Craig. So just on the tax-free threshold, um, because the limit on the mm -hmm. low-income and middle-income tax offset is no longer available this year, all of a sudden we see a decrease in that number. Hey, It will be decreased yeah. to $21,884. That's on the assumption client is a resident a taxpayer eligible for the uh, uh, low-income tax offset and not eligible uh, to receive the septal, the senior and the pensioner tax offset. So $21,000. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and that's a mistake I always make. I always have this figure of 18200 But when we're claiming tax deductions down to this level, the low-income tax offset does come into it. So what was it again? $21,000. $884. So remember that figure. Now, um, we've talked about personal deductible contributions or employer contributions, salary sacrifice contributions. Are there any other type of contributions that can be made where total super balance is 1.7 million or higher? Actually, there are. So uh, three types of contributions come to my mind. To my mind. The first one is the contributions made under the lifetime CGT cap in this year. That's $1.65 million. And the second category is the personal injury contributions. And the last one I advise very familiar with, which is the downsizer contribution. What about COVID recontributions? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't think many people are going to be making those. So we'll just focus on the main okay, three. Okay, yeah? cool. Thank you. But thanks for the reminder. Absolutely. Yeah. You caught me. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I think we get a few questions about lifetime CGT cap, don't we? Do you want to just elaborate on those? Yes, yeah, certainly. We do get quite a few questions on that. Um, that is, if the client or related entity can utilize in the small business CGT concessions, the retirement exemption or the 15-year exemption, now the relevant individual may have an opportunity to contribute either the sale proceeds or exempt the capital gains under the retirement exemption. Uh, sale proceeds, we're talking about a 15-year exemption. And they may have opportunity to put this amount uh, into super utilizing the CGT cap. Uh, rather than the non-concessional concessional cap. Um, so uh, be mindful, though, those contributions are still subject to the upper age limit, that 28-day cutoff period, end of the month, the person turns 75, plus another 28 days, unless there's a look-through earn-out right arrangement that is involved and a longer period may be involved, uh, may, be, uh, may, be, uh, may be allowed. Otherwise, we do need to worry about the upper age limit. Um, and also, um, even if the client is able to put uh, the amount into super and they have already had a lot of money in super, um, they may not be able to move everything into the tax-free retirement pension phase, right, Craig? They still have to worry about the transfer balance cap. 
um, that is um, either 1.6 or indexed um, uh, 1.6 up to 1.7 million dollars, they can still um, mm-hmm. those amount contribute even though can be contributed to super, but the client um, may still be limited. Uh, will still be limited um, by the transfer balance cap. Uh, they may not be able to move everything into the tax-free uh, pension phase. Uh, in comparison, if someone made a personal injury contribution, that's a different story. Uh, they can, uh, if made a personal injury contribution, they can move everything into the tax-free pension phase. But that's not the story uh, to the amount no. made under the small business CGT cap. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Well, so that is really quite interesting. You know, we normally get lots of questions about contributions, obviously, as I said, in the the lead up to 30 June with everyone focused on that deadline date for get their non-concessionals and their concessional contributions. But clearly, there's a lot of people doing, you know, a lot of work in terms of planning around client, client contribution strategies over the next 12 months and just wanting to know, what they can do if the client's total super bounce on 30 June 2022, a couple of weeks ago now, um, actually was over 1.7. We know that non-concessionals are out, but whether or not we can make other types of contributions, and it seems clear that we can, we just need to be careful about the rules. Now, um, I think that's all. Is there anything else we need to know, Linda? That's all I can think of at the moment, Craig. Oh, you can think of. All right, cool. Well, we might wrap it up there. Thanks, Thanks Linda. Craig. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during the podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited and Adventist Investments Limited accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.